1: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
3: Hour number two of primetime action here on VEASAN. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin behind the glass with with us on the desk here. Wes Reynolds. um, In hour number one. We talked a little bit about the golf. We will continue to uh, – we'll do it. You know what we'll update later, Kelly? will update our little contest we have over at DraftKings mm. as well. I will let you do the one-day victory lap because you currently have the lead.
4: Yeah, baby, Sam Burns and uh, and and Jordan Smith or Michael Jordan or whoever I bet on, whoever I tailed Wes on. It's okay, that one hundred twenty five to one is going to cash
5: Wes. I, I hope so because I don't look like I have much hope in that event at this stand.
4: Actually, knowing me, what's going to happen is it's going to be it's going to be him and uh, Gary Woodland in a playoff, and Gary
3: Woodland will win, and I'll cry, and it will be fun. Oh, uh, if you don't have a Gary Woodland ticket and he wins, no one has lost more money on Gary Woodland over the last eighteen months than you. Yeah, this, no one. this guy. no. He money. owes you a win. It just ne- better not be this week whenever you don't have a ticket on it. Yeah. Go ahead and bet him next week.
4: I, I think I'm going to have to go back to it. It's <laughs> going to be painful. I, I-, I said all, be- like in January, February, Gary Woodland's winning at some point this year. We but shall in- see.
3: I've given up on him. He's not going to win one of these <laughs> final tournaments. So we do have one game first pitch coming in about nine minutes. Tigers and the White Sox. Bo Brisky for the Tigers. Dylan Cease. For the White Sox, they are minus 255 now at DraftKings as home favorites, plus 215 on the Tigers on the road as underdogs. Eight is the total in this one. If you take a look, I mean, look, Dylan Cease has kind of basically backed his way into Mm -hmm. the the number one role there for the White Sox. I mean, it was supposed to be Giolito for sure. Um, and then, of course, Lance Lynn came back and everything like that. But it's, it's, it's been Cease, who's certainly been the most consistent for them. 251 ERA on the season, a 124 whip. And if you look at the advanced stats, it's not telling you that it's going to regress all that much. I mean, he's sitting here with an XFIP of 295 and a Sierra of 3.12. So. When you look, yes, the Tigers, as we talked about with Paul Spohr a little bit earlier, have, have been hot and certainly won some some games here recently, but uh, they're going to run into probably a pretty good pitcher tonight.
5: Yeah, this was parlay filler for me. Mm-hmm. I did have the White Sox in a parlay with the money line with the Phoenix Mercury going to fade the Liberty off that win here. A very mm-hmm. impressive win here in Las Vegas over the Aces. Uh, Sabrina Ionescu, the first ever triple-double in WNBA history, so decided to go against that. And uh, speaking in a WNBA, I did add Indiana Fever plus three for the second half. If you want to get in on that,
3: Kelly, let's run through the full
4: scoreboard here. You got it. Orioles one, Angels nothing.
3: Mount it wasn't. Castle no. It was uh, it was uh, it was Rutschman though. So like it was, their, struck out. it was their 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 prize rookie did go did go deep for them. That's a solo shot for him. One nothing.
4: Yeah, one nothing. That game in the bottom of the third inning. Live numbers currently off the board over at Giraffe Kings. Uh Yankees. <laughs> Starting off hot, that is five to nothing over the Red Sox. Bottom of the third, uh, Yankees are minus twenty five hundred live. Red Sox eleven to one,
5: ten and a half is grand your live slam tour. by the way for Donaldson. Uh, Red Sox had two outs, kid couldn't get out of the jam. Walks Stanton, Donaldson with a grand slam, and then Aaron Hicks with a solo shot.
4: Uh, Marlins and Mets scoreless that game in the bottom of the third inning if you wanted to hop in live though you can get minus 210 on the Mets plus 170 on the Marlins 5.5 is your live total Pirates and Reds also scoreless. That game in the top of the third. Reds are minus 135 live on the money line. Pirates plus 105, 7.5 the total. Cardinals and Braves scoreless. That game in the top of the third as well. Braves minus 285 live. Cardinals plus plus two twenty-five six and a half. 6.5
3: the total. Some other baseball news here. Uh, Outcourt says there's a, air quote, good chance that Chris Sale returns to the squad and pitches on Tuesday for Boston. So if you are a a Red Sox fan, listen, he's had a couple of of good rehab outings out there. And it looks like there's a good chance Mm -hmm. for him to be back in that rotation. So that's something to look forward to if you're a Red Sox.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Cause they've been playing very good ball, obviously in a hole tonight against Garrett Cole, five, nothing bottom of the third, but first man on uh speaking of an update. Now, uh, remember we were talking about Cardinals and Braves with Spencer Strider being the number three choice right now for rookie mm-hmm. of the year in the NL, I believe about five to one, somewhere in that range. Braves have registered eight outs. All eight of them by strikeouts from Spencer Strider so far in the third <laughs> inning tonight.
3: <laughs> Whoa. That uh, th- that number's going to change, so go get it if it's st- still up at your book of choice because that uh, that number is going to change for sure. Holy mackerel. Mm-hmm. Eight up, eight down via strikeout, and he's got one, two right here.
5: Yeah, I'm always eager to see like how they monitor this. It hasn't moved from the uh, yeah. book I was looking at at five to one, so – yeah, he's uh, all over this Cardinals lineup tonight.
3: Oh no! But then we—I mushed him. He oh, gave up a base no. hit. So <laughs> on a hundred and one mile an hour fastball. Yes,
5: yes. So still eight strikeouts for Spencer Strider. So still an opportunity to mm-hmm. get a ninth year with the next
3: batter, Kelly. We were watching our our dream yesterday. Yeah, kinda. I mean, it was on the TV, turning into a nightmare. So, yeah. so we, we looked at we we're like, man. That feels like they had the same amount of points than they did when we looked at. They scored twelve points in that fourth quarter when we were watching. That's why it felt like they didn't score because they barely scored. They barely scored. Okay, they scored twelve points in that fourth quarter to lose um, eighty-five to sixty-six. This was a game we looked up. We were like, okay, hey, we're only down three. Uh, This this feels pretty good. Let's see what's going on here. And then and then yeah, they end up losing by nineteen.
4: Man, that is wild. This is another one where you guys just bring it up. This this situation in in uh with in the St. Louis uh, Atlanta game of just the constant reminder that there are always live player props going over at DraftKings, right? And go check them out. Uh, I'm just looking at some of them, but you know they could be up for pitchers. And it was the mm-hmm. one and a half walks is what is his total walks is currently listed at over minus 200. But yeah, always a good reminder that we talk live betting. It's usually money line and totals, but there are live player props
3: over at DraftKings. You should check them out. Wes, how did the, how did the Barbasol treat you today? Well,
0: uh,
5: one guy in the mix, uh, Matty Schmidt, by the way, did shoot seven under. Uh, he was the guy I mentioned, uh, plays on the DP world tour, mm-hmm. a German rookie, did play his college golf in the state of Kentucky at university of Louisville. So uh, he at least is in the mix, uh, but one of the things I hate, and I, I'm sure you guys deal with this in golf betting, too, is when you have a guy the week before yeah, and you don't yeah, go yeah. back to him. Yeah. And that was Adam Spenson. <laughs> I know we got the winner with Poston last week, but I had Spence and I felt very confident about him. And what does he go? He goes and shoots 10 under. He's got a two-shot lead. By the way, Spencer Strider <laughs> did get another strikeout there. So now nine strikeouts and in three innings tonight for the rookie.
3: It seems like throwing 102 yeah. is uh... – yeah, Paul Goldschmidt has no strikeouts. Chance yeah. That. It seems like it's no good for chance. strikeouts. When you throw when you throw that hard. Yeah, Adam Vincent goes 10 under at the Barbasol. Uh shoots a 62 today. That being said, uh, Wes, there are a whole bunch of guys all within striking distance here. I mean, there are 20, what, 22 different guys that mm-hmm. are that are at least five under. Mm-hmm. Um, so, You're going
5: to have to shoot 20 under yeah. to win this thing, as you have every year. But I'm just looking on the leaderboard here, Matt. Just, uh, you know, guys that have not won in a while, but guys that have won on the PGA Tour, but it has been many years since they've won, like Camilo Vajegas, Bo oh, Van Pelt. Yeah.
4: These are the only tournaments that Camilo Vajegas shows up in. It's like, oh, is there nobody playing in it, and it's an easy course? These are
5: total blasts from the past, some of these guys uh, uh, that are up there on the leaderboard. Jonathan Bird, five under. Mm -hmm. So... We, uh, the the we one I'll we'll give about...
4: Vajegas credit to is I don't feel like he even enters a tournament unless it's a setup like this where he, like, knows he actually has a chance.
5: He's always in those alternate events like right, Puerto yeah. Rico, Dominican, yep.
4: So Which- up- updated, I'm just trying to look at some mm-hmm. of these updated props. Spencer Strider up updated walk total, one and a half, over at minus 150. He just walked one guy, though, you said? No, he gave up a hit. Oh, he gave up a
3: hit. Okay, yeah. so still one and a half though, minus one fifty. We talked about Rafael Devers being back in the two lineup yep. for the Red Sox. Two run jack for him. So, not dead yet. Those no, Red Sox no, five you can to al- two. You can
5: always score runs here at Fenway mm-hmm. as uh, Devers uh, gets in the uh, <laughs> wheelbarrow there in the dugout. So at least uh, Red Sox got a couple on the board.
3: So five to two now, and again, just uh, I mean, having a fantastic season there for this Red Sox squad. Yeah, looking at the updated odds, Adam Svensson's 3-1 to one to win this thing. You can't bet that. Uh, you could never bet that. In a tournament where 22 guys went at least five yeah. under, yeah. like, no way you could bet that. Mark Hubbard, 11, uh, Matty Schmidt, as you mentioned, 12, Kevin Strillman's 14, some of these guys that, you know, Trey Mullinax is 25. Strillman
5: was one of the shorter prices, by the way, to start the tournament. Mm. I think he was kind of in that 22 or 25-1 to 1 range.
3: So, if there's anything, you know, again, these are updated odds are posted over at DraftKings. If you do want to go in and, and take a look and see how, you know, see how you're, you want to bet this, I don't, I'm not going to get in on the barbersaw, Kelly. I don't know much. Oh, I
4: was well, I was watching some of it this afternoon downstairs, and all I could think was, just because you hadn't, just because you had nothing better to watch, you were like, "I'll I'll put on the." Box I mean, I was somewhere. working. I was yeah. I was watching while working, but my thought was, "Thank God I didn't bet this thing because I sure as heck would not have bet any of these guys that are they, near the they, top." Like of the I
5: anymore. said, this is these are always dart throw events, these yep. alternate events, uh, so. That's basically what I did. At least one has kind of hit the board after the first round with Matty Schmid being close. They're about twelve to one right now at DraftKings. I think I bet him at like a little over eighty to one.
3: Right. We did our DFS contest as well for the Scottish Open. Kelly is leading after one round with a hundred and twenty-one and a half points. I'm in a very distant second with 81 points. And in I West.
5: think I'm in a distant third. No, you're
3: only 77. You're only four okay. points behind me. You're only you're only four points behind me. Uh, Kelly getting it done with Lucas Herbert and uh, and also Will Zalatoris putting up some points. Sam Burns putting up some points for him. Joaquin Neiman putting up some points for him as well. Again, you have a 40 point lead on us, Kelly. So I'm going to need some of your guys to tank tomorrow. Yeah, I think I got I've got three
4: guys under par uh, in that t- in that contest. So. That's not bad for a day like that's, this.
3: That's, that's really good considering I have four guy, five guys over par and one guy <laughs> under par, and the guy that's under par, you and I share, right. so I can't even make up any ground <laughs> with Sam Burns on that, so that is definitely unfortunate. Guys, we're going to continue on with our 32 teams and you know, 25 shows or whatever it might be. We're going to have a couple of them tonight, so be sure and stick around for the Bills and the New England. Patriots on the other side Here's Primetime Action on Thursday.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's it. going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's going guard. And then on Love top of it,
3: like that. See that.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying
2: tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't it? Ain't <laughs> it? <laughs>
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Beeson will be broadcasting live from the NBA Summer League now through July the 17th. Catch the edge with John Von Tobel and Matt Humans at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, live from the NBA Summer League every single weekday. We'll also have special guests, exclusive content, and live updates throughout Veasan shows. For more, follow us on the uh, social medias at Veasan Live: Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all the different things like that. Be sure and catch us over there. And also, we're going to talk to JBT here from down at Summer League in about a half an hour. It is now two to nothing in favor of the Orioles over the Angels. It wasn't a homer, but an RBI double by Mountcastle. Castle. Oh, yeah, Mount Mountcastle. Love. Maybe we'll what? take his bases instead Total of bases. the home run. Yes. Yeah, maybe we'll take his bases instead of the home run. But I mean, the guy just—he's a machine every single time. We're on every single time. Just rakes, bro. He just rakes. How how is he not hitting like five hundred? Like I don't know how this is possible because he's just, he gets a hit every single time it, we look up. He seems to be two nothing in favor of the 278, Orioles. Two
5: seventy eight, by the way, is what he's hitting for the record.
3: Yeah, it's that's 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 at least a hundred <laughs> points lower than, than than what it should be. Like he should be at three seventy eight for sure. He he hits three seventy eight on primetime action. He might hit uh, two seventy eight the rest yeah. of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the rest of the time. But he hits three seventy eight on primetime action. Two nothing in favor of the Mets as well. As they go ahead and put up a a two spot in the bottom of the third. Let's continue on here with our 32 teams in 24 shows. I'm continuing. I'm just going to change however many shows we end up doing this in. Uh, Whenever we talk here about, uh, let's talk. Let's start out with the Buffalo Bills. Kelly. 32 teams, 32 shows, question mark. Question mark. Buffalo Bills edition. Now that, now that, now that Roberto Moreno is over here now, he can fix this graphic and he can make the 32 explode as well. <laughs> like, like have him make the 32 explode. And just to, into a question mark. Yeah. It's like, it's like 32 teams in 32 shows and, and then goes,
5: and then it's a the question. The three and the two just clash, yeah, yeah. you know, meet in the middle and then question mark emerges.
3: Like Kelly, who it. went number one overall in the NHL draft? Dude, I don't know, man. I knew, <laughs> I, knew I knew it. You don't even know the first name now. <laughs> a, you're right.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, right. Um, you did get at that right, absolutely.
3: I got that one. Hey.
4: Slavkovsky. You're yes. <laughs> right, Slavkovsky.
3: <laughs> Buffalo Bills, one of your very, 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 very short shots to win the whole thing. 11-6 it, it, team last year. Won the AFC East, second straight season. Lost to the Chiefs 42-36 to 36 in that awesome, awesome, awesome Divisional game. Um, If we take a look here, Sean McDermott comes back as head coach. Now the offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, Mm -hmm. now there for the Buffalo Bills, promoted from the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. As we know, Brian Dayball is out of town. So Ken Dorsey takes over as offensive coordinator. Leslie Frazier in his sixth season as the defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Now, Wes, this was a very active team in uh, free agency, and it is one of the bigger pickups in Von Miller heading to Buffalo. So Von Miller is in. Roger Saffold, right guard, is in. Jordan Phillips at linebacker is in. Of course, we know that Mitch Trubisky's out of town, so they had to bring in a backup. This team's too good to not have a solid backup, so they bring in Ke- Case Keenum mm-hmm. just in case Josh Allen uh, gets nicked up and has to has to miss a couple of games. They bring in Jamison Crowder because they uh, they are out on Cole Beasley there in the slot. Jamison Crowder, an awesome slot receiver when he's been healthy, so we shall see if he can continue to be healthy. Defensive tackle Daquan Jones, a huge signing for them as well, they brought in right guard Greg Van Roten for for depth, that offensive line uh, is pretty packed as it is, but Van Roten provides them some pretty good depth. OJ Howard in town, Duke Johnson in town, as well, when I say very active, they also lost a lot of guys. So a lot of these guys are just replacing guys that are no longer on the roster here. Uh, uh, Jerry Hughes is gone. Cole Beasley is gone. Mario Addison is gone. Star uh, Lutalele is gone. Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Harrison Phillips, Levi Wallace, Mitch Trubisky, AJ Klein. So all those guys out of town, but West. I mean, you, you see what they did in free agency, and it's basically it was like a one for one trade on everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, they went for everything they lost. You know, you lose a star Lulele L- and then you, you you get Daquan Jones. You know, you lose Cole Beasley, you sign Jamison Crowder. So it was kind of a one for one for one for one, and you lose an edge rusher and Jerry Hughes, but you bring in Von Miller. So I, I you look at the roster, and it's like, I mean, it's it's as good as it was last year, even though it's not going to be exactly the same. Yeah, Yeah. the
5: talent is still there, Uh, by the way, from the draft standpoint. uh, Elam, the corner out of Florida, and then we already mentioned a player earlier, James Cook, who they got in the second round from the University of Georgia. He's going to battle Devin Singletary probably for carries and may end up being the starter, Mm -hmm. I think, on that team. But, uh, look, I I like the addition. I like the addition of Saffold. there at left guard, obviously, Vaughn Miller. They wanted somebody really uh, on that front for it can make plays you still got boogie basham mm-hmm. out of wake forest and you still got ed oliver who's another first round pick so they haven't really become the playmakers though that i think yep. they were drafted to be so they went out and got vaughn miller uh we know this is a team pretty solid secondary especially with uh turnovers and tackling uh, led by micah hyde there at free safety so the talent is all there. I know they lost Brian Dable, but the uh, the new offensive coordinator, I think they're going to be fine in that regard. The OC, by the way, Ken Dorsey gets promoted. Joe Brady, if you're wondering what happened to him, because uh, we talked about Carolina yeah. over the last couple of days when he got let go as offensive coordinator, he is the quarterback's coach here for Josh Allen. So I think a pretty good coach uh, for Allen and yeah. his continued
3: development. You would definitely think so. Uh, in the third round, they took a linebacker in Terrell Bernard. In the fifth round, Took a wide receiver, Khalil Shakir. And then in the sixth round, I had to write this down. Why would I talk about a sixth rounder? This is, this is for you, Kelly Bidlin. In the sixth round, Buffalo Bills took the punt, God. Yeah, did. Matt, Matt
5: Arise. Matt And he wasn't Remember the first that? punter, by the way, to the go third? in the draft. Yeah, The
3: third punter.
4: Oh, I would have I lost so much money on that prop if it was listed here in the
3: Vegas. The third punter to go. And here's the thing. So I go down the rabbit hole with this today because I'm like, Oh, he ended up in Buffalo. I didn't, I'd forgotten that he ended up in Buffalo. And then I read, there was a whole article written on why he was the third punter as opposed to the first punter. Mm -hmm. And, and what happens is, and it was one of those deals like we kind of speculated on is they talked to a couple of the GMs and he outkicks his coverage too much. Like he, he, he outkicks the coverage too much. That is crazy. And so there were, they they were, there were concerns that, you know, if you're when you're punting it 65, yeah. 70 yeah. yards downfield, you're giving the these returners who, by the way, they're NFL returners, they're awesome. You know, yeah. you're giving them way too much time. Well, well, he had to kick so far at San Diego State because that team <laughs> couldn't move the freaking ball. So it's like,
5: we got to get them down as deep as possible so we can get some, like, you know, the defense can get them three and out because that defense for the yeah. Aztecs and Brady Hoke was pretty good. So it's like, okay, we got to score from like our our the <laughs> opponent's 40 instead of being on the other side of the field. I,
4: I guess. I'm just thinking out loud on this one, but like, is that not something, I don't want to minimize all the work that goes into your punting techniques
3: and everything, but is that not something that he could just create more hang time on? You know what I mean? But that's the thing though, his style of punting, he had gotten really good at kicking more of a longer line drive, right? And so that was the concern. Now, the Bills think that they could, and, and I don't know, I haven't heard any the article didn't go into how he's progressing. It was just why he was, just why he was the third punter taken. But it, it it did go to explain that they were not concerned that they. That they couldn't teach him how to get more hang time okay. on on his kicks or something, but there was concern with these other teams, and that was the reason why that uh, he went third overall. Well, and I was we'll
4: like, see, we'll okay. see who's laughing at the end when his hang time's mm-hmm. like nine seconds or something.
3: You the know, mm-hmm. quote actually in the article was apparently he's incredibly competitive and he is like pulling the whole I'm going to make these teams pay that passed on yes. well, yeah.
4: remember yeah. we the were punter. reading yeah. we were reading before the draft that he was uh, <laughs> like he kept saying things to 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 scouts and. Front offices about like yeah fine you can draft me as a punter but I'm gonna come in and take your your field goal kicker's job too within a couple years like he kept saying stuff like that so yeah unbelievably confident yeah. let's go batterize
5: it's him. like an NBA guy when he's supposed to go four and he goes six yeah. I'm gonna make
3: all these teams yeah. pay
5: for passing on me yeah
3: so I was I was a third punter I was, I'll show you I should have been the first punter uh, according to Football Outsiders this team last year the number two overall team DVOA in all of football they had the number ten offense the number one defense. And the only reason that they come in at number two overall is because 19th in special teams. Well, that could all change now that they have the punt gods. Mm-hmm. So, um,
5: so they're going to be top 10, guaranteed. Yes,
3: yes. yes. So this, this could be um, the number one overall team in all of football, according to these advanced metrics, by the time it's all said and done. Warren Sharp has this as the 15th toughest schedule. Um, so about middle of the pack, obviously, um, for this team. A lot of that has to do with the fact that maybe there's going to be, you know, the Dolphins' win total's up at nine. Patriots' win total's up at eight and a half. So, you know, the, 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 the way Warren does this it's based off of, of win total projections. And so um, 15th toughest schedule for them. He has them projected. You can see the the win total on your screen right now is at 11 and a half. He has them projected at 11.65 yeah. wins on the season. So, again, one of those, uh, one of those no value, at least if you want to go – with his projections on this. We'll see how this roster all breaks down and see if there's any numbers on this team that we think is bettable. There's any alt numbers maybe that we want to take a look at, whatever it might be. But again, one of the very best teams, at least on paper here, as we head into the 2022 season. Buffalo Bills coming back. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Competed 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now. Start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, here on Primetime Action, drink responsibly. responsibly. I forgot to put that at the end of the... uh, of the NBA. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I'll be out oh. there Saturday. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink
4: responsibly.
5: Well, you're probably not drinking responsibly if you're betting draft opening favorites this year because we saw, of course, tonight yeah. Shane Wright was the favorite, did not go number one in the NHL draft, and then of course Jabari Smith in the NBA and also Aiden Hutchinson in the NFL. So none of the consensus opening favorites ended up going number one this year.
4: That is, it's just that's wild. Like that is wild. I, I mean, I think as as betting markets get more involved. in the draft, and we see more places posting them. I, I mean, here is the thing: Are you, you going
5: to see more places posting them? Because these guys hate the Draft. Good point. Good
3: point. And I guess the question is: Are you going to see more of this or less of this? You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, well, I think- rest of country, they're going to post everything, man. Yes, like, rest
5: that, of country will yeah, continue to r- do. Rest
3: so. of country is going to post everything. Those, those books have made a commitment, and they're they're going to continue on, right? I mean, like that's the thing is, is that you know. Competition, because competition and and, whatever. So DraftKings post it, then MGM has to post it. And
5: because the the folks out here are so used to kind of the old way with gaming, Mm. because they would never put anything, not that this is judged, but you get kind of what I'm saying. They would never put like Heisman or they Mm. would never put awards because it's a judging aspect. So they want something decided totally on the field of play. So you got a couple books out here want nothing to do with booking drafts.
3: Heading back to our 32 teams in 23 shows, Buffalo Bills edition here. No surprise, we just read off all of the uh, free agent moves that they did, of course, coming without all that returning talent as well. They have the number one rated roster heading into 2022, according to ESPN and Pro Football Focus. The offensive line might be the only unit that isn't a standout unit. Mm -hmm. It does maybe have a little bit of upside if some of these guys can kind of can kind of take any sort of step forward. Um, Deion Dawkins at left tackle. Roger Saffold probably going to slot in at at left guard. Mitch Morse there at center. Ryan Bates at right guard, and then Spencer Brown at right tackle. Now, Wes, all these guys are—they're all solid. None of them are real. They're out no pros. Yeah, on yeah. That unit. The, they're all solid. None of them are all. None of none of these guys are really super standout. So, if there was anything to nitpick at all about this team, maybe it would be that offensive line because again it's it's basically the only unit on this entire team that doesn't have like we're talking about the right. huge standout the guy that is like oh jaw dropping guy you got that at quarterback you got it on the defensive line you have it at receiver you have all that right. stuff, but, in. Yep. but you just don't have it there for for the offensive line
5: yeah exactly so uh that's that's what's going to you know make this team if mm-hmm. they are going to in fact get to a Super Bowl because we know that they're right there right. They're right there on the precipice. but you know the defensive line's got to be a little bit better. The talent is there because don't forget they got Gregory Russo mm-hmm. who was a first round pick out of Miami. You have boogie Basham uh, from Wake Forest, who put up big numbers uh, adding Vaughn Miller. You have Ed Oliver in the middle. You also have Epinesa, who who is a second round pick out of Iowa. So the talent is there in that front seven, but You'd like to see them. They kind of leave you wanting something more. I think, Matt. You want to see them, um, you know, make more plays. Even though the defensive numbers, and I think a lot of that was a byproduct Mm -hmm. of an easier schedule last year. But first in points allowed, first in yards allowed. But it feels like in the big moments they don't get to the quarterback enough, and we certainly saw that in that playoff game against Kansas City.
3: There's, you know, the to play devil's advocate here. We had one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, maybe maybe an NFL history last year was Cincinnati and then make it to the Super Bowl, yes. right? And so to play devil's advocate, if you have a quarterback that is sharp and it looks like Josh mm-hmm. Allen is sharp these days, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he understands, okay, get the ball out a little bit quicker. Maybe he runs a little bit more. That also is a bonus of having a Josh Allen as well because if – the the ends end up collapsing, and, and then he sees that hole up the middle. He's just going to take off. He's going right. to go take the seven, eight, nine yards. We've seen him do it multiple different times. So, I'm not saying that this is a huge wart on this team by any stretch, but I will say that if if there's anything, maybe we're point net come January, and we're we're mm-hmm. you know we're talking we're looking at this team coming down the stretch. Maybe this is one of the reasons why we don't like them in right. the Super Bowl or whatever because of, of this offensive line. I mean, pass catching group. You know, eighth-ranked overall heading into 2022. Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Jameson Crowder, Dawson Knox. That is a really good receiving core. What we saw with Gabriel Davis last year, Wes, was, listen, he he was kind of pressed into additional workload because Emmanuel Sanders was out so often, yeah. right? Either injury, had COVID a couple of different times as well. And when he was out there, Gabriel Davis actually ended up Mm -hmm. securing that starting job because he was awesome whenever he was out there. And so uh, actually one of the higher-rated players, according to Pro Football Focus, at the wide receiver position last year, even though it was kind of some limited snaps for him. But he steps in, going to be the true starter on the other side of Steph Diggs and then then, uh, Jameson Crowder in the slot and Dawson Knox there at tight end. I mean, this is – with, with You combine that with Josh Allen, and we're talking about the running back being pretty deep for them as well. This offense is is certainly not going to lack firepower. No, they've got some depth, yeah.
5: too, and they've got Kumaro to be mm. there in the slot. Uh, they do add Tavon Austin. We'll see what he has left, but certainly has a lot of experience. Did play 13 games last year for the Jaguars, so they get him as kind of a backup mm-hmm. and free agency. But this is a deep receiving yeah. card for sure.
3: And then you you mentioned the defensive line. I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's one of those defensive lines here with the addition of Vaughn Miller. They signed the DeQuan Jones as well, and as you mentioned, if Greg Rousseau can kind of again, we these guys are young. Rousseau's young. There is definitely still mm-hmm. some upside that could be had there for him. Maybe he doesn't ever live up to it. Maybe he wasn't as good as everyone thought when he was coming out of college. That being said, we we don't we haven't seen all we can see yeah. of, of this guy yet. So if he ta- if he takes a step up now, you're talking about. Honestly, one of the better defensive lines. You know, like I was saying,
5: the the talent is absolutely there. It's just got to produce the uh, results. uh,
3: And they just got to get some pressure. They just got to get some pressure here because, listen, this defense with that secondary as well, if they can get some pressure with this secondary that they have, it is going to be. It's going to be a monster of a defense because you got Trey White coming back at corner. As you mentioned, they draft Kair Elam, who's gonna have to start for them. But you got Teron Johnson in in the nickel, and then you have Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde at safety. This secondary is at least a top five secondary. And if Trey White plays anywhere close to he played before this injury, Mm -hmm. it could be a top two or three secondary.
5: And what were they? Third and takeaways last year. Usually, you know, more so maybe in college than in the NFL. You always look for that turnovers equals turnaround, uh, you know, either mm. on the positive side, positive regression, or if you got a lot of them the previous year, it tends to regress the next year. NFL kind of tends to stay within the range at least. So I don't think that there's going to be that much drop-off in forcing turnovers.
3: If we take a look at this Buffalo schedule, um, again, this is a team that is one of the shorter shots to win the whole thing. If you take a look, it's not – even though the schedule certainly gets easier in the second half mm-hmm. – It's not a team that I would recommend saying wait and see on because they might win all these games at the beginning of the year as well. Exactly,
5: because you look, that first uh, quadrant there, that's the toughest part of the schedule. You open up with the Super Bowl champions, so that's that old – Ring and banner night angle Mm. if you want to go against the Rams, you know, depending on if you you want to do that. You get Tennessee at home. They've had a little bit of kind of an underrated rivalry in the regular season over the last few years and have had close games. Then you go back to back at Miami and Baltimore, Steelers at home and at the Chiefs. Uh, I can't see, even with that being so tough, I can't see them worse than four and two in those first. Yeah. Six
3: games. And so that's why, you know, some of these strategies, Kelly, that we talk about is okay, you know what? Let this first five game stretch play out or let this first six game stretch play out and then come in if you're bullish on this team and then take a bet. The problem with the Bills is. Yeah, that's tough. But they might win all these <laughs> yeah, games. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they might they might win all these games. Mm-hmm. And so it's you certainly can't then take them on the back half where the schedule gets so much easier with the Jets, the Lions, the Jets again, the Dolphins, the Bears, the Patriots who we think, you know, I personally think we'll talk about a little bit later in the show, but I think is 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 in for maybe a rough season as well. So, um it, that's the that's the tough thing about the Bills. They're the short shot. They're the short shot for a reason and there's not even a in my opinion, I don't think there's an angle as to how to play them yeah. other than like, hey, I'm bullish on them, and I'm just going to have a ticket in my account, and that's just all there. That's all I can do.
4: Matt, I haven't bet anything yet, but I, I have a feeling I'm going to end up playing uh, over their win total or mm-hmm. over their alt win total, even maybe where because again, I, I we talked about it a little bit last time. I'm just not completely sold on this Patriots or Dolphins team, I, and I, I think the, I think the Bills are as good as it gets probably in the NFL mm-hmm. right now. Um, I think there's a lot of these other AFC teams, especially in the AFC West we think can be really good, but the Bills have now proven it to me last yeah. a, after last year, and I think they're great. So, I mean, I if you're just looking at DraftKings stuff right now, over 11 and a half is their win total, but it's juiced up to minus 140, I think is what I just saw. Over 12 and a half at plus 175, I'd rather play the yeah.
3: variance and go over the 12 and a half. The, 13 and 4 is, is mm-hmm. certainly within the range of outcomes yeah. for this and, team. And I like the fact that yeah. they went through the
5: pain yeah. last year. That painful loss in Kansas City that was basically a coin flip. So, you know, that makes the team kind of a mission team and a real motivated team. I think this team's ready for some greatness this year. One of
3: the short shots, and for a reason, no doubt about it, six to one to win the whole thing for the Buffalo Bills. We'll talk to Patriots a little bit later in the show as well, but JVT here on the other side, coming back. I think Kobe and everybody they're prime, Kobe will
0: win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's it. going guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's going guard, and then on I'm top
3: of it, like that. See that.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella. to Point Game. I remember mean, you
2: came out from crying tears, I mean, he was in a culture shock and then He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said OG, oh, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't it? Ain't <laughs>
6: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The Beeson Summer Specials here. For only 19 bucks. you get everything Beeson has to offer. Uh, from now until the end of the month, sign up today. VEASAN's Daily Best Bets, that's Adam Burke's Daily MLB Best Bets, preseason coverage for the NFL, premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, you get the Daily Best Bets email. You get every edition of Point Spread Weekly. You get used to the betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. It's only 19 bucks through July the 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. And as always, drink responsibly. Joining us go. now live from NBA Summer League, our very own, our man, our NBA insider. You can catch him every day on the edge as well. He is Jonathan Von Tobel. Look at that fancy set. Wow. Look at you.
7: Right? Hey, man, look, I, I, I got to tell you, uh, outside of all the excitement for the NBA stuff, crew behind the scenes has done a fantastic job. And I actually spent the last, like, 20 minutes hanging out with them back there and doing, like looking at everything they have to do. Uh, I, I'm wildly impressed with the setup and what the crew did out here. So a very big kudos to everybody who worked on this. Uh, but with that, I take all the credit and, of course, look at me because <laughs> yes. I'm in front of the camera, right? You, you
3: should <laughs> obviously take all of the credit. You're the guy on the... Yes, you're the guy sitting in the center of the yeah. desk right there. You're the guy looking all studly on that awesome... That excellent craftsmanship it it, it really is it it, it, it really is uh john so let's just start with a a general question here what is what team are you most interested in watching or teams i guess should say i should say and then and then what players do you really have your eye on obviously the the you know there's going to be a couple of names that that come to mind here but is there anyone kind of deeper down the board here or some of these guys that maybe have already been in the league that uh you're interested in watching
7: So I'll go, so this is not, I'm not pandering because I know that Wes is on the table right now, uh, but I'm actually really interested to watch this Pacers team. If you look at their roster up and down, especially from a backcourt standpoint, I'm really interested to see how these guys look out there on the floor. We're talking about their first-round pick, Matt McMathrin, Andrew Nembhard, Chris Duarte, who of course played for them last year, Dwayne Washington, who gave them minutes last year too, Eli Brooks, rookie out of Michigan. Uh, Like That's a really intriguing core of guys that you're going to be able to watch handle the basketball here for them too. And you have other guys on this list that gave them some minutes last year. Isaiah Jackson was really good for them, too. Some known names like a Benny Boatwright that we remember from USC a few years ago. But I'm really interested in Indiana, and I think when you look at the Summer League and teams that I think are going to have success in terms of winning and making it relatively far, I think you're looking for teams that have some pretty intriguing talent in their backcourt. And I think if you look at all those names, uh, the Indiana Pacers definitely check the boxes uh, of a team that's really intriguing from that standpoint. And if I can give you one more, uh, the other one that is really, I can't wait to watch, uh, is New Orleans. Because if you look at their roster, guys, too. A couple of things that stuck out. First off, like good size. Eleven of their players listed at six foot seven or taller. A lot of them are like their first round pick, Dyson Daniels, like Uber Athletic, Lanky, kind of you will know, get up and down the floor a little bit. So you're really interested by it. You have key players too, E.J. Liddell's on this roster. So you want to see how that works out for them too. I really like what they kind of have all together, and then they have contributors from last year that we know. Jose Alvarado, Grand Theft Alvarado is on this roster. Some of those names that you know, uh, they're probably more on the roster to get practice time as opposed to anything else. You might not see a lot of them. Them. Uh, but really intriguing young pieces up and down this list for the New Orleans Pelicans, too. So if you're asking me, th- those are the top two teams I think that I'm really interested in watching.
5: John, the uh, Pacers, uh, my Indiana Pacers, are what we refer to as a fun league pass team because they're not going to win a lot of games yeah. in the regular season, but they are doing an absolute rebuild this year, and it, it's really about time. First time in 30 years they've been able to do so. So uh, I'm with you. I'm excited to see them, but look, there's obviously going to be a lot of players in town. We've already had the summer league start uh for a few days in utah so how much do you expect these these guys that maybe were like top three to five picks like a chet holmgren who was in sweats earlier tonight but did play the first game do you
7: expect he's going to suit up for any games here in vegas Yeah, it's been reported, Wes, that he's going to. Now, how many he plays, right, uh, is the question, because you want to see them out there, you want to see them get some NBA minutes, although it's NBA Summer League, you want to see them play, and it's been reported that he's going to play. Uh, The length of which he's going to play, though, is also a mystery. We've seen short hooks on certain guys if there's a small injury scare, uh, if it's just, hey, we have a lot invested in you, and cool, we saw a couple of minutes in a Summer League game, we don't need to push this any further, let's turn it over to the depth of our roster and see how that's going to go. You know, you bring up the Thunder, everybody's excited to see Chet Holmgren, uh, but for those who are wondering, this Thunder team was favored uh, in this entire deal. Uh, Josh Giddey's not going to play out here in Las Vegas after playing over in the Summer League in Utah. So those are little things that you've got to keep an eye on if you're looking at teams to go far. You've got to remember that this is not just, hey, they're on the roster. Hey, they're going to play throughout this entire thing. A team we're going to see later tonight, the Pistons. The Pistons have Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, and Killian Hayes all on their roster for the Summer League. But if you read reports, it's more be maybe because you want more practice time for those guys. Maybe they appear in the game later tonight. But as we're talking about this going forward, it's going to be more like Jaden Ivey's team and others as you kind of get into the depths of the summer league. So that's always something you got to keep in mind. I wouldn't expect an entirety of a summer league for some of these top guys.
3: John, we also obviously hadn't talked to you in a while, so I want to get your thoughts on just the, the craziness that was here over the last month in the NBA season. Was there anything that you know, changed your opinion on any teams? Is there anything that, that made you go make a bet? Is there anything that happened here that, that really stuck out to you?
7: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there hasn't been much. I guess Dante DiVincenzo signed with the Warriors. <laughs> no, like, look, uh, I, I will say, you know, there, there's a couple of things. Actually, like, those little moves, like, I really like the Dante DiVincenzo thing. That's actually mm-hmm. kind of a sneaky, really good move to, to sign. Joe Ingles to the Bucs. But so those aren't going to, like, hey, run to the window and, and grab something. I will say that I did take a small 50-to-1 ticket on, on the Toronto Raptors before that number moved, uh, just kind of guessing that the Raptors were going to be one of these teams that would be in there for mm-hmm. Kevin Durant. And it was just some value grab to see the market adjust a little bit. And it has. It's in the range of, like, 25. 30 to 1. Uh, and, you know, if they don't, then I have a Raptors ticket at 50 to 1 that's even with the market and a team that's actually, you know, top five in the Eastern Conference. And I'll live with a small play on something like that. But I will say this, Matt. Um, the team that I'm, I would not do it now because this number is going to be out there and you can invest in whatever, but I really like what Philadelphia did in this offseason. If you look at the addition of P.J. Tucker, De'Anthony Melton, uh, and we're talking about going to get Daniel House, sniffing around Eric Gordon, this is a team that needed depth, that needed shooting, that needed defense, and it's getting all of these pieces that it really needed. Harden you know, opting out, allowing them to do all these things, now negotiating as it is right now. They were about 17-1 to 1 right before Harden opted out and they got Tucker. That's more of like a buy price for me, so I'm going to sit back And see what happens because twelve to ones are going to be out there. But I got to say, like, despite everything that's gone on with Philadelphia, and despite Doc Rivers being their head coach, and you know, little things like that uh, that make you maybe sit back and go, "Ah, like, do I want to invest at this point? I really do like what Philadelphia brings to the table, especially if we're talking about Kevin Durant potentially leaving the conference.
5: John, uh, sticking at the top of the East and the shortest price is the Boston Celtics. So, what did you make of what they did? We kind of saw that Jason Tatum had trouble, a trouble finishing at the rim, and they just probably just got worn out at the end of the season. But they bring in a true point guard, an oft
7: injured point guard, Malcolm Brogdon. What do you make of the Celtics? Got to bring it back to Indiana West. No, I, I loved it, man. Like, I, it's not just Brogdon. you know. And Brogden played point guard a majority of his minutes. If you look at like cleaning the glass and the estimation of the percentages of positions, played a vast majority of point guard. But he is a combo guard. Like, he can play the one, he can play the two. He fits next to at least I think Marcus Smart. Like, nobody's really going to uh, miss the ball in any way, shape, or form. He's a good passer. He's a good defender. He fits with what they want to do. I think schematically as well in terms of being able to switch on multiple positions. And then you add Danilo Gallinari too. I, I you think you really like what the Boston Celtics did and I know that right now they're the favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference for a reason uh, at some spots the favorite uh, to win the title we'll see you know, what happens to Kevin Durant because that'll change if that's going to be the case but I don't think there's any question that when you're looking at how Boston is power rated at this point they deserve some respect now I do think that Milwaukee should still be the higher power rated team in the Eastern Conference but you're splitting hairs at this point where you're talking about plus 220 and then coming back with 3-1 to uh, but it's hard not to like what Boston did in the offseason
3: John, I know if you knew this already, you would you would be you know you'd have more tickets in your account than or or you'd be empty in your clip. But what do you think ends up happening with with Durant here? I mean, like, what we were talking, you know, listen, we were trying to figure out the cleanest place for him to go, and we were kind of saying like, it seems like of all of these proposals, like the Pelicans almost could make it like the cleanest transaction. But um, you know, what do you think ends up happening? Is or is he just going to stay in Brooklyn?
7: I'm not sure if he stays in Brooklyn. Look, I don't know anything about the guy. It does seem that the bridges have been burned. But uh, look, the Nets have a really long offseason to kind of drag this out and get the best possible offer. Uh, I'll say this. I, I, took the, I took the ticket on Toronto for a reason, not only because I thought the market was going to move off of that 50-1, to 1, but because I do think that they have some valuable pieces to then move to Brooklyn. Uh, and, you know, it, it depends on what reports you read, right? There are some reports saying that they're balking on including Scotty Barnes. There are some that are saying that they're doing that because they just kind of want to hold out and see what this offer is going to be like. There's plenty of time for this to develop, but there's a reason why I bet Toronto before that member moved to 50-1. to 1. I think at the end of the day, it's a really well-run organization. We know what happened with Kawhi Leonard. If there's anybody who's going to get him in a room, Kevin, in and talk to him about like the direction of the franchise and him being a really big part of it and having success, I would believe in a Ujiri and the way that he has run that organization. So uh, I'll go with uh, Toronto. I think there's a reason why I bet him, and I think that there's a pretty good shot he's going to land there.
3: Guys, you can find him on the Twitter machine, at MeJVT. You can find him here on the network every day as host of The Edge or at Head on down there to that fancy set. Get a picture taken with him. He'll sign it for you. I promise he will. Actually, you can't do that anymore. Like, everything's on cameras. But B- he'll digitally George. sign it. Yeah, or, you know, whatever. However you go about it. Yeah, I mean, he'll fo- he'll, he'll follow you on Twitter if you follow him. He is Jonathan Von Tobel. Thanks for the time, buddy.
7: I'll kiss babies, too. I mean, like, there you go. <laughs> if <laughs> if they there they want you want me go. to, yeah.
3: Yes. Uh, all right, so we're going to continue on here uh, with our 32 teams and 32 shows. We're going to talk about the Patriots here. On the other side to begin our three of the show. Is this team finally, finally going to take some steps back? Is there a way that the Patriots don't make the playoffs as well? We shall see as Rafael Devers leaves the yard yet again. Six to five now in favor of the Yankees. Primetime action coming back.